Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time for the BallQuest Mailbag Podcast. Answering your questions from the General's Quarters every week, right here on BallQuest. Hey everybody, welcome into the BallQuest Mailbag Podcast here on this Thursday morning. I'm Eric Kane alongside Brent Hubbs, Rob Lewis sliding on in here, Austin Price. Got plenty of things to get into, We're checking the mailbag today. But first, remember guys, $29.95, the deal until kickoff, $29.95 of BallQuest.com subscription up until kickoff so go ahead and take advantage of that and continue to grow the family over on the general's quarters was that oh, was that a chris collinsworth slide in by by rob yeah. was, there? Was, was that what he was pulling off did, did he come, look like did he come i wish that way that was pretty impressive pretty impressive gonna start being the new thing here on the vol quest pods every tuesday and thursday uh let's start with zeusify what are you most looking forward to seeing in spring practice besides nico austin for me, it's it's James Pierce, it's it's Tyree West, it's Josh Josephs. Get them through the winter workouts and and see how much they've grown. And and you know, to me, it's not necessarily the the true true freshmen. It's the guys that are wrapping up the end of their freshman year, uh, heading into their sophomore campaign. Uh, for me, um, you know, that's that's kind of what I'm looking forward most to. And then maybe John Campbell. You know, I mean, Tennessee's. Tennessee's play is going to be dictated by the by the offensive line play, by the tackle play, and uh, you know we've not seen him live. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess for me, it's more about what you hear about practice because unfortunately, we probably won't get to watch near as much as we'd like to get to watch. But for me, Rob, it's the transfers because I think when you look at who they have brought in, they really targeted some guys to fill some very clear holes, whereas other transfer years it was trying to build roster depth, right? But you bring in John Campbell to play. You, you bring in McCastles, the tight end, because he's got to play. So for me, it, it's a lot about what those transfers look like because Tennessee's banking on some real plug-and-play situations there with those guys. Yeah, especially, I mean, at linebacker in particular, uh, uh, that's a big one. And, and for me, it's just maybe just the defensive backfield in its entirety. I mean, do any of the freshman corners, do they have a legit shot to play? Um, is, there, or is there really going to be competition at safety? Or is it going to be, you know, plug and play the veterans, you know, from, from last year? So just defensive backfield, they're, they're bringing in, you know, some exciting talent. They have some young, young, younger guys on the roster, like, you know, like Christian Charles. Does he, does he find a home at safety? Just, just in general. The, the two deep in the defensive backfield corner and safety is is that legit competition? Do the young guys have a chance? The, the safety position would not be plug and play; it would be mud and play. At <laughs> at come on, at. I mean, but Eric, this this spring feels different because they are they are they're, you know they're a, there's an establishment there, right? They, they've they've got a lot of established players. It doesn't feel like ten of them are going to be 
you know, in a sling or on crutches, you know, rehabbing from surgery like we saw last year in the defensive backs. So th- there is some more targeted things, and it feels like this spring is going to have a higher level of competition to it uh, for playing time or for spots or pecking order, if you will, than, than maybe the first couple of springs did. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, there are some position groups that are up for grabs, no doubt, off the tackle. Um, again, everybody says it's going to be John Campbell. That's why you went out and got him. But, you know, nothing's given. You got to come in here and, you know, get this offense down, get this tempo down. Look at the safety position you guys mentioned, the cornerback position, some of these other spots, those rotational spots on the defensive line. I mean, there are some spots up for grabs, no doubt. And, you know, for two, I got two. One would be the safety spots. You know, where is Danico Slaughter? Who? Is practicing at safety? Is Slaughter there? Is Christian Charles there? Is Wesley Walker there? I mean, who's who's practicing at safety? And then my other one would be those mid-year linebacker, you know, uh, enrollees. The, those three guys. I'm I'm excited to see kind of if there's any talk, any chatter about them. Uh, Squirrel White was the name that was mentioned a ton last spring, and it turned out that he did some things in the fall, and so I'll be intrigued to see what that looks like. I mean, you're, you're excited to see if Arion Carter is a young Eric Kane. This. <laughs> <laughs> the, the dream should aspire higher than that. Let me just let me speaking, speaking of mud and blood, mud, mud and blood. Yeah, yeah. I mean, is there is there any doubt that Den- to to you guys that Danico Slaughter should not be at corner? Am I no. the only one that thinks that that's like a laydown? I know it's not, but am I am I the only one that thinks that that should be a laydown? That he's a coverage guy. I don't think it should be a laydown, Brent, because I think he was the best cornerback they had last year, and That's I know he might be better be at safety. He should be a corner. I mean, he should be a laydown to be a corner. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Safety. Yeah. I mean, like to me, like he should be like you're the starter on this side. Like, yeah, that it should be Slaughter Island over there. Like, you go do your thing. Like, I, I, I don't, I don't understand. I, I mean, I, I don't with, with with where they are with safety and the fact they haven't rotated some guys back there. To me, Danico Slaughter should be like, yeah, I've got no desire to play safety. I know he likes that position, but it's like, I'm good. Leave me out there. AP, that should not be confused with Savage Island, where you just got back from for two weeks. (laughs) I did love love someone posting something about Pound Town on the board the other day, and I just laughed. Um, It's a family uh, show. Come on. I read that to my wife. Um, uh, Slaughter Island, the only uh, island I did not visit in the last couple of weeks. Speaking of the secondary, I'm Gator sure you'll Dog. find a way to get there, AP. I'm sure you'll find a way to get to one. Yeah, no, no. Gator Dog. Uh, pre-spring, who would you start at safety if you were the coach? Kind of on this on this note here. Anybody new, man? <laughs> Anybody new? I I'm sorry. Like again, good good kids, but they've got they've got to have an open. And I'm not saying it, that that it can't be who's been back there. But to me, it's got to be a full-blown open competition to get better. You, you've got to be more athletic in the back You've got to get faster. You've got to get faster. You've got to be just better. And so, like, to me, like, there can't be any perceived starters. And, and I get the, the notion on the board, which is, you know, until I see it otherwise, like, that's what it's going to be. I mean, because right now, that's that's what we've seen through two years. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean – at more athletic, obviously faster. Just a guy who makes plays, right? Like like a guy who's in, who, who can get themselves in position to make plays and then make the play. Like they just haven't made. Whether they're fast enough, I mean, yeah, they're not fast enough to overcome a mistake, but they're also haven't been instinctive enough back there to put themselves in a position to make a play. Look at Theo Jackson. I, just yeah. just yeah, just play somebody who can make a play. Is, is all I'm saying. Not not. 
not who's seven yards behind him to make the tackle. Go make the play on the ball. Put somebody back there who's going to play that way. Well, to Hubs's point, I know Hubs is going to go, amen, yes, this is what I've been saying. The Nico Slaughter did more on plays on the ball, interceptions in the last month of the season than Warren Burrell's done in his entire career at corner. Same type thing at safety. You've got to have guys that go make plays and not just guys that are back there that, you know, know what they're doing and, and they're, you know, you, you, you don't worry too much. I mean, Robin, Robin, this day and age, with as much as the ball's in the air, you got to have people back there who can make a play, who, yeah. who, who instinctively can go find the football. And as a safety spot, they've just not had enough of that, in my opinion, in the last few years. Totally agree. I mean, just, I don't have anything to add. You got to get faster. You got to have guys back there that can cover ground and, 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 and do different things. How about the three of you actually answer the question, though? Give me two guys who you want to see out there day one. Well, I mean, I, I want to see what Jordan. I mean, I want to see what Jordan Thomas looks like, right? Yep. But yep. but I mean, I don't know. I don't know that he's ready to go play. I mean, I mean, Danico Slaughter might be your best safety, but he may he may be your best corner. You know. Um, Have Wesley we seen Walker. enough of Wesley Walker at safety? Yeah, I, mean, I mean, he was. Yeah, he's in that rotation. I mean, whether or not he's the plays every snap or not, at least, you know, he's made some plays at the line of scrimmage. Um, he misplayed a ball in the Orange Bowl, but but he was he's in position on the ball. I mean, Wesley Walker would be where I would start. And then we'll see. To, to me, after that, it's 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 wide open because what does Jordan Thomas do? What does Christian Charles do? You know, do you move to Nico Slaughter back there? I mean, that you know, that that's what spring's about. I mean I don't think they should come out of spring with two starters. I really don't. I think that competition should carry itself into fall camp. I, I don't. I don't think 15 days with with different bodies looking at different combinations back there is enough practice time to say, okay, we're setting the back end. I just yeah. I don't see that personally. Yeah, I agree. That's what spring practice is for. Do little Vol, would you say 24 recruiting is going to be better than expected, as expected, or worse than expected, based off the feedback you've gotten from recruits to this point and should we? How many commitments should we expect between now and the end of spring practice? Um, I, you know, I, I'll go with you know about like what's expected. I've got the dog running around in here because you know it's a snow day or you know non snow day that the kids got out of school. It was take um, a holiday today in your county. It's, 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 <laughs> we we've got a snow day to burn. Let's use it. <laughs> As, yeah. as it's 44 degrees outside <laughs> and there hasn't been a snowflake in the last month. Can we do the wink again? Um, you know, I, you know, I think it's going to go about what I expected, which is I think they'll have a better class than this past year um, on the whole, but you're not going to have maybe the star power because you don't have Nico in this class. You're not going to have a quarterback like Nico, but I think you can have a, a, uh, a deeper group, of players overall. So maybe not, um, I guess just number of four stars, I think they'll be greater than, than this past class. But, you know, I'm not sure that you're sitting there with, you know, multiple five stars in this, in this 2024 class. I just think it's going to be deeper. And you're not going to have the number one overall recruit in the country to, to boost your stock. No. There you go. Nashville 
94 wants to know, Rob, could we get an update on 23 and 24 basketball recruits? Who's Tennessee pushing for? And if we lead for anyone? Uh, 23 right now, I mean, unless, you know, some international guy pops up or, or somebody asks out of an NIL because of a coaching change, I, I think they're probably – I don't know that I see a 23 kid popping up. Oh, you know, somebody could appear out of nowhere. 24-wise, uh, Cam Scott from, from down in – uh, South Carolina, probably the guy I would put at the top of the board, number 12 in the on-three rankings. Really nice shooting guard. Been, been here for an unofficial visit. Tennessee's trying to get him back in February for an official. Ju Harris is a guard from over North Carolina. It's been here a couple times. Uh, Ahmad Null is originally from Memphis. He's a point guard. He plays at a prep school up in Philadelphia. He's definitely on, on the short list. So, the, Tennessee needs to get him on campus, but I would say Cam Scott, Drew Karras, two guys that have been here a couple times unofficially. Drew Karras has been here officially. Those are guys I would put at the top of the board. Rob, that's a great answer. I'm sitting over here laughing at Max just peering right over the right shoulder of Austin Price that entire time. <laughs> Does he want to say something? Flash at, Rob, where's Flash? You got your basset hound. Well, oh, there look he is. The dog. <laughs> Looks like you can tell the difference in the households. Mike's very interested in what is going on in, in football recruiting. And uh, Flash is like, yeah, okay, whatever. Molly. Molly, not so or much. Molly is like, there, yeah, there whatever. Go, Molly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on here. Let's go to Nashville 615. With so much emphasis on 2024 recruiting class correlated with 11-2 Orange Bowl season, Will it be disappointing if Tennessee is in the top three SEC recruiting class, the 23 class, a quality ranking be the floor in terms of expectations? You know, I, I don't know. I, you know, you know, they were fringe top 10 this year, guys. I, I thought their class was great. You know, uh, field needs, um, you know, could it have been better? I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, you could add, you know, a, a, you know, better tackle, you know, um, overall i mean like i like sham but i mean you could have added another big time tackle um you could have added you know a couple other pieces you know a big time running back but i mean again tennessee thinks they got a big time running back in cam selden but selden's one of those guys that's kind of a tweener as far as like is he a receiver is he a running back he's both you know they're gonna move him around you know so you know i i think ultimately you know top three in the SEC, I, no, I don't get all in my feels about such things because ultimately Florida can be not very good, but they're going to recruit really, really well. I mean, look, they were a fringe top 10 team this year too, and they were terrible, you know? And, and, and I mean, like, you know what I'm saying? I mean, like the, the, you just have so many you know, big time players within a stone's throw of your, of your campus, a drive from your campus. It's a lot easier to get to Gainesville for all those kids than it is to get to Knoxville. Um, you know, and, and I know that's, that people don't like hearing those things, but it, it, it's just true. I mean, I, it, it, they're always going to recruit well there. So to me, you've got to recruit well enough and, and you've got to, you know, fill needs. Again, I, I, I get like the premise of what Shannon Terry said or what Jesse kind of expanded upon with his column to get past the Georgias and Alabamas. You've got to have, you know, just more and more and more and more elite players. But at the end of the day, like, to me, you've got to recruit well enough and develop. You can have great players, and if you don't develop them, it don't matter. Josh Heupel has proven he can develop. Glenn Elderby's proven he can develop. So on and so forth. 
Now, if you can get the top end guys and develop those guys, that's where you take it over the top. So yeah, you want to get the top end guys, but like well, to me, like you, you, you don't have to be top three in the league or whatever. And, and I just think that some of that's overblown. Well, I think I think the reality is where George is at right now is historic. Okay, because George has never been there. Always okay. the stack, same now, right? You know, stacking the classes that they're stacking and winning championships. They they've not done that. Alabama's the only other school that's been in that conversation. I, I think if you're in the top ten, top twelve, and you can develop and those guys pan out and you don't lose ten of your signees and all those types of things, th- then I think you have a chance. Sure. We saw a fifty point blowout, Rob, in the national championship game because Texas TCU's highest ranked recruiting class was in the 30s over the last four year period, and Georgia's was in the top five every year. That is a large disparity in talent, right? That that's a great gap in talent. If you're in the top ten to the number one, there's a there's a, I guess a gap there, but the gap is not like a 40 point gap like we saw in the national title game with TCU, where they just didn't have enough talent to 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 compete with Georgia on that stage. But if you're in the top ten in this league, you're 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 signing a pretty good class. If if you're in the top five in this league, you're in the top ten nationally. I mean, I mean, to AP's point, Florida should recruit better than Tennessee every year. I would throw LSU in there just because of local talent. Yep. And the way Alabama and Georgia are going right now, I mean, it's like Hubbard said, it's historic. So, I mean, if you can if you can finish fifth. In the SEC, I mean, I, and I'm not trying to concede anything or say Tennessee should always always be satisfied with that. Let's talk about the landscape right now. Georgia and Alabama are, are on a different plane, and LSU and Florida should always be an easy recruiting job. And it's just, you know, at Tennessee, you've got to go find Jamal Lewis, Carl Pickens, Heath Schuler. Who else was in the Rodney's historic class? Fred Weary. Yeah, but Cozy but, Coleman. But, I mean, but here's. Gotta, but here's the thing those at those times. Here's the thing at those times. And, I, and I'm not discrediting the accomplishment of getting those guys. And I'm not discrediting the accomplishment of, of anything Philip Fulmer achieved. Georgia was bad during that Clemson stretch. was bad. Clemson was bad. Alabama was down. LSU, LSU was, was down. I mean, like, you look around. Georgia should never be bad, ever. With the, with the, with the recruiting soil they have, they should always be in the commit. That's why a lot of people in this league thinks that's the best job in the conference. LSU should never be bad. Like LSU should look at the Jerry DiNardo, Curly Hallman days of the nineties and go, what in the Sam Hill were we doing? Like they should not be bad, you know, because of the, the recruiting bases that they had, that they have to deal with. And, you know, those schools were down and Tennessee took full advantage of it. And they, and Tennessee deserves every bit of credit for that. Um, but, but it's, but I mean, Tennessee going 45 and five in the landscape of this league right now, like they did in the nineties, I don't think is a very realistic attainable goal. That's not to say you can't win a championship, but, but you're not going to dominate the landscape like you did in that stretch when it was a two team league for four or five years with Florida. And that's what it was. Yeah. I mean, more fertile recruiting grounds, A&M, LSU, Florida, Georgia, Alabama, Auburn, you know, you know, than, than Tennessee, like, and that's just facts. And so, you know, you, you've got to, you know, sell other things. You've got to, you've got to overcome some of those obstacles. Again, I, 
Tennessee hubs is right. The, the discrepancy and the, 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 the difference between top two, three and top seven or nine, not a whole lot. And, and, you know, and that's, that's, I would, I would stick with that. I'm again, their class, Alabama's class was filthy this year. But like if Tennessee hits on David Hobbs and they hit on Tyree West and they hit on, you know, the, the pass rushers and the linebackers, Tennessee's class defensively, I'll put it up against the right there with just about anybody's the corners. Yeah. You got, you got to develop them and you got to keep them right. Cause what, what is December? What is December becoming as much as anything else when we're talking about the transfer portal, Eric, right? It's, it's roster management, but it's roster retention. Yep. Can you keep your elite players, your elite talent in your program to, to, to the point they get to the field to help you or do they, or do they leave you? Right. And, and that's going to be, that that's the interesting challenge for coaches moving forward. It's not just that it's not just getting them because used to, when you got them, nobody was going to take a year off and set out and wait. You had to be pretty miserable to transfer or get run off. Now, hey man, I'm out. I'll take the greener pastures, and and that's why your roster retain roster retention's going to be such the the the, the catchphrase for everybody moving forward because of the portal. We go from Nashville six one five to Nashville Vol six one five. So Ohio State just released their financial reports for the 2022 year, set a school record for them. Has Tennessee released theirs? Have to imagine this could be a record year for athletic revenue. Yeah, fiscal year for Tennessee is um, July to July or July to June. So uh, those numbers are not out yet. But, yeah, it's obviously going to be a, you know, everything's up at Tennessee. Everybody's smiling on campus right now and with good reason, right? Applications are up. They're building buildings. They're – uh, they're ranked in, in the polls everywhere and, and everybody's getting raises and you're writing checks. So um, there's not a lot of people walking around with a lot of frowns on their faces on campus right now, but the actual numbers won't be revealed till the fiscal year rolls over. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Rob, got a couple of hoops questions for you from Vulcan. Um, for the life of me, I've never understood why teams don't run four high and post Zakai's defensive assignment um, or five high and run Zakai Ziegler's man through the lane. Texas is the first team that I've seen even try that. They did it once in the first half successfully. Didn't go back to that until middle of the second half where he tried it twice only. Do you think this is because guards today never learn to post up or – is this a help defense of the Vols that is respected? Seems a mystery to me. I'd run it until the Vols stop it. Yeah, well, I think help defense is a big part of it. But also, I mean, I watch a lot of college basketball. I don't know if the, the, the guy posted the question does or not. I don't see a lot of guards posting up. I mean, I don't think it's a skill that 
a lot of guys have. I mean, watch Tennessee, and you see Josiah do it sometimes, but he's six foot six, six foot seven. I mean, he's not your your typical guard. So to to me, that's just not a skill that a lot of guys have. I mean, in the NBA, yes, but I mean, what what there's going to be a million college basketball games on tonight. Watch and see how many times you see a, a guard get the ball in the low post. It just it, it, it doesn't happen much. And, and Rob, I mean, here's the other thing too. I mean, for that to work, your, your five guy has to be able to drag his defender out there, right? Yes. Which, mean, which means he's got to have to shoot, be able to shoot a jump shot. It's not like the NBA where everybody's positionless, right? Everybody can shoot from the perimeter in the NBA for the most part. So how, how many teams are going to – they're going to take their post player and and leave Zakai or leave a guard by himself in the paint because they're worried about the five-man on the wing making a 17-, 18-foot jump yeah. shot. That's just not going to happen very and often. And Tennessee – I mean, if it's a small lineup with Olivier at the five, they're switching everything. Right. I mean, they're not – I mean, they're, they're switching one through five. And even if AD is out there with, with Josiah at the, at the four, they're switching one through four. So it's – it's not as easy just to, you know, as some people might think to say, hey, we're going to take Zakai down on a low block and post up our guard who really does not have any kind of back-to-the-basket game to begin with. And the only only reason we're doing that is because Zakai's five seven. So I don't think you see a lot of, you know, college guards that have Kevin McHale's post moves. All right, Rob, finish the sentence. Bulls basketball is best when these three players play the most minutes. Uh, Zakai... Santiago Josiah and a compare a comparison question if the Vols make the weekend if Vols make weekend three in March Madness which player has emerged as the Vols most consistent offensive threat Zakai, Santi, Josiah, Julian Phillips or Olivier uh I mean I would I mean I, I don't think anything is going to change much I mean they got five guys that can score you know, roughly double digits. I mean, I don't think you're going to see one get. I mean, Santi's the leading scorer right now in SEC play, around 12 points a game. I don't think you're going to suddenly see Santi scoring 18 points a game or, or Josiah scoring 16 points a game. I mean, I, I just – I don't think there's going to be a lot of change. It's going to be – you know, I'm not trying to dodge the question, but I, I don't think you're going to see somebody suddenly separate themselves from the pack and be, you know, scoring, you know, 18, 19 points a game. What, what Tennessee is is what they're going to be – a month from now. Robin, from Rob, Rob, am I wrong in, in feeling this way? Zakai is going to get points. He's going to play. He, he, and, and Santiago is going to do those things. Josiah is going to get his shots. If Tennessee is deep in the run, those, those are givens, right? Doesn't it have to be either Josiah being really hot for three weekends or Olivier giving you, not 27, but giving you consistent points if Tennessee is going to go that deep? Because you know you're, what you're going to get with your backcourt night in and night out. They have proven themselves, and I would throw Josiah, Josiah into that proven category, whereas the yo-yo of Olivier is, you know, if they don't show – if he doesn't show up, then it's all on the guards to make plays. If he shows up, aren't they different offensively? Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Hubbard. I mean, okay. I, I don't think Olivier can go out in, the you know, the second round or certainly the, the Sweet 16 and score, you know, have, have six points and two rebounds and, and Tennessee have a good day at all. All right, let's move on here. We got a couple here from Athron. First thoughts on the new preferred walk-on quarterback, Austin Price. I mean, Ron Dammer's a good solid player. Um, Tennessee needed to add depth, and you know, I mean, I, I, again, I, we, we've talked about this ad nauseum. Like, 
I just think it was going to be near impossible to bring in a, a scholarship quarterback unless you could do the Clemson route. And those guys that are looking to be GAs, you know, are few and far between. You know, most of those, like, you know, you know Tennessee, you know, I think probably would have entertained the idea of bringing J.T. Shroud back. But J.T. Shroud wants to play. Like, very few of them want to just hold a clipboard and, and start working towards being a coach. And so, um, you know, I, if you can find one of those guys, man, you better gobble them up. You, you gobble them up like Clemson's done the last couple of years. They've done a nice job of that. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, Ryan Dameron's a, a good, solid player. He played well at Henry County and, you know, it, you know, but at the end of the day, I mean, you know, he's probably never going to play it down here, but, you know, he'll get to run through the tee and he'll get to go through practice and, you know, and, and you know, give the scout team a look. Yeah, three inches taller, he'd be. A, he would have been a fascinating prep quarterback. He would have been, yeah. a, would have been a fascinating recruitment at, at two and a half, three inches taller than what yep. he is right now. Who do you see taking over the H-back role now that Fan has graduated? That is a tight end position, so whoever's in the game at tight end will line up at the H-back if the formation calls for it. Is there something just different about kids from New York, Rob? Sakai and, and uh, Toby Owaka as example. Yeah, I mean – I, I I don't I wouldn't go that far into stereotype you know every you know prospect or recruit that comes out of there, but you were a big Brian Williams fan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wouldn't. Throw, that's a that's a great example. AP throw Brian, Brian Williams. I mean, and love Brian Williams, but I mean, you know, that's that's an example of a kid that that's not Toby Awaka. I'll just put it put it like that. So I mean, you you get some guys like that. I mean, Zakai's a different breed. I, I mean, I and I don't think it's necessarily because he's from New York. I mean, just. He's just got something inside him that that sets him off. But there, you know, there's some of that. But there's a million kids that come out of New York, out of New York every every year, and they are not all Zakai Ziegler. It's all so, it's it's all about the personality, right, Rob? It's like I always always kind of chuckle at the notion, like like Al Wilson played harder because he was wearing a Tennessee uniform. I mean, Al Wilson would have done at Notre Dame or wherever he went. He or UT Martin. Same way, yeah, he would have played the same way. So. You know, it, it's about who the individual is, not where they're from or, or who they're, you know, what uniform they're putting on. Yeah. So, I mean, I wouldn't, I mean, you, you get some tough kids out of New York, but I just, you know, I, I wouldn't just make a blanket statement that, you know, New York guys are tougher. I mean, I, I, I think you got a couple of kids in Zakai and Tobey who, if they had grown up in Jacksonville, Florida, would have had the same thing. To, to quote, to quote Rooster from Top Gun Maverick, it's not about the plane. The box. Big ball lab wants to know it seemed like the defensive backs consistently gave too much cushion. Is that more of a function of their talent or scheme? Our coach is telling them to get to not get beat deep and to play further off the line. Uh, Brent, this is something that was talked about earlier in the season. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little bit I don't I don't think they're telling a guy who's lining up 10 yards off the ball back pedal 10 more yards before the or as the ball snapped. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't think that's how it's been. I think part of it is, is confidence. your confidence. You know, it, it's your confidence, right? I mean, it's the same way if you're a basketball defender. If you're worried about getting beat, you know, and the guy crossing you up, you you know, you may not have the confidence to get in his grill 22 feet from the basket, right? You're going to back up and give him some more room. Uh, so I, I think part of that is confidence. Some of it's scheme when you get into some zone looks and some different things like that. But, um, you know, again, when it's – when it's third and six and you're lining up six yards off the ball and your first, you know, seven or eight steps are backwards, that that's an easy first down completion. They've got to be tighter. There's no doubt about that. I think that's the thing that Danico Slaughter 
that's that's why I, you know I I like Danico Slaughter. That's why I'm talking about Danico Slaughter out there is because he didn't give up as much ground and he stuck his foot in the in the ground and you know and, and went through a receiver. I mean he he made a play in the Kentucky game we just hadn't seen Tennessee's corners make really all season long and and it's plays like that that Tennessee needs more of at the corner position and, and it requires a guy with a short memory and a lot of confidence out there. Be a goldfish, AP. go to hitter do you keep up with our sec rivals which um which sec east opponent was hurt the most by the portal which helped themselves the most south carolina was hurt the most from the portal they lost a bunch i mean they're hot in recruiting right now um you know for 24 but we'll see where that is six months from now i mean you gotta be able to sustain that and hold on to kids for near a year um you know as far as you know who helped themselves I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you might help themselves a, a ton. Who? Florida? Florida got a quarterback. I mean, he's I mean, not great. But Graham Mertz is just kind of, eh. I mean, they got to got to play. You know, I, I don't know. I, I don't think Florida helped themselves a little bit. I thought Georgia did, but then, they, you know, you've got all this offseason. You know, I mean, Raw Raw gets whatever, you know, sided with whatever he got sided with. And obviously they've got all the other distractions down there. But, I mean, they'll be fine. Um, I, I'm not sure anybody in the East just, like, stockpiled talent from the portal. At least it just didn't feel that way to me. No old misses in the East where they're at 14 guys signed or 15 guys signed and they go and attack the portal. The portal king. Yeah, which uh, to be honest with you, I think the portal king nationally is, is Norvell at Florida yeah. state. Not, not, a, not Lane Kiffin. I think what Florida state's done the last two years in the portal is better than anything Lane Kiffin's put together in, in, in terms of portal work to this, to date. I mean, Florida State, they're focusing a, a lot on the on the portal. I mean, their their last year portal class was good, not just Jared Verse, but they got help elsewhere, and, and they brought in I think a good bit of talent. I think they're they may be the the biggest national winner in the portal. I, the, my thing, and I agree with you one hundred percent. Like, I just don't know what Lane's doing. He brings in the kid from Kansas State. He brings in Walker Howard from LSU, and he's already had Jackson Dart. So, I mean, that pretty much signifies, like, I wasn't crazy about Jackson Dart, right? I mean, if you're bringing in two transfer quarterbacks, like, if you're Jackson Dart, what do you think? <laughs> like, probably not going to play. Yeah, I mean, somebody's not – Somebody's not. I mean, of course, can they go anywhere else? They're probably stuck now. I mean, but somebody at the end of the spring is not going to be very happy because it's not going to be what they thought it was going to be when they transferred in or what they were told it was going to be. Yeah, if I'm Jackson Dorn, I'm, I'm, probably, I'm not, probably not putting a deposit down on any anything any, any fall housing. Yeah, now I don't know if anybody can graduate and be a graduate transfer, but, I mean, Jackson Dart's already transferred, used his one time, and you got two others who are one-time transfers. They may all be stuck. Yep. Also, if you're that second quarterback that came in, the, uh, essentially the third one to, to join that group there, I mean, like, what are you doing? Like, like, why are you doing that? I mean, you obviously were told, hey, you're going to start. So you're either going to get it lied to or you're just making a stupid decision, in my opinion, because, I mean, that room's crowded. Uh, let's get crowded. two more. We'll go to Pine. Does football, basketball, or baseball finish higher in the year-end polls? Which sport will finish higher in the year-end polls? Football finished sixth, right? I'll go basketball. Okay. As my as my pick, because the does the the AP, the AP poll comes out final AP poll comes out before tournament play, right, Rob? After, after the conference tournament, yeah. Tennessee so finished fourth finish or fifth. The, yeah, so I'll take basketball for that very for that reason. I don't even know when the final poll comes out for 
baseball. I mean, I would imagine after everything's done. So, so that's all hinged on, you know, getting to Omaha, I would imagine. So, I mean, that's really challenging. But for that reason alone, I think Tennessee can get to Omaha. But, you know, it's tough. I'll go basketball as well. I think the final poll comes out before the NCAA tournament begins in baseball. I mean, it might. I've never covered it because in terms I, of the beat. Because so. get elimin- teams get eliminated at different times. Well, if that's the case, then I'll go baseball, without a doubt. Slam dunk. Baseball. I'll go golf. Golf is not go, an option. <laughs> I would go base. I would go baseball if the final baseball poll is done before postseason play starts. Yeah, yeah. seriously. If, if that is the case, and again, I, I I just simply don't know. Then I, I will go baseball. baseball yeah, for sure. All right, last one. We've had one last couple of uh, shows, and this is again from Mister Rocky Top Rowdy. Uh, I couldn't remember any of you guys watched The Office at all, or is that no. just me and Grant? That's not me. Well, yeah. second week in a row, we don't have anybody on here to help me out here, but Mr. Rocky Top Rowdy says, Brent is David Wallace. I can see that. This one I love. AP is Dwight, not because Dwight's crazy, but because he's really good at his job and he's the right-hand man. That makes sense. Rob is Oscar. I think Rob is more a creed, in my opinion. Grant is Stanley, which I think makes so much sense because Stanley never talks and he's just a smart aleck, and I think that's that, that's kind of spot on. Says that I am Daryl. I'm not sure I get that one. And then Matt is Clark and Pete, which are the two young new guys, and very much on par with the Luke and Leia kids reference from How I Met Your Mother. Honorable mention: This is actually really good. When Jesse is Todd Packer, he shows up, wrecks the site, and leaves. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best one, right Gator there. Gator dog. Uh, bonus question, uh, Rob: How many carton of eggs is Eric Kane worth? in a trade <laughs> i don't see i, I don't really I'm, I'm i'm aware just from like scrolling through twitter that eggs are apparently expensive but but i've got i've got no real world experience of that three cartons four carton of eggs now are these now, here, here's the thing we we have our own chickens on the farm so we have our own eggs so we're not in the marketplace for <laughs> eggs. So, at this, so at this point to me that tractor tower though hey that's i mean Eric Kane's value in eggs is is very debatable at this point. We have <laughs> so <laughs> oh, got to love it! All right, you know what, AP? Though he 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 goes to so many restaurants where there's chickens walking around. Oh, that, that he's he's cats, dogs. That was a man. Like again, like you know, I, my kids have watched Moana, so I always see the little chicken around in Moana. Hey, hey. <laughs> But, like, I didn't realize that was such a thing in Hawaii. I mean, there were thousands and thousands of them just walking around, like, whether it be, like, in the parking lot, at at a convenience store, or just walking out of the woods. Like, you'd be walking through, like, the jungle, and there'd just be this random rooster. And I'm like, if we have a shortage, man, I know where Chick-fil-A and Zaxby's are coming to. Well, I went out to eat a couple of times in Mexico, and... Did not have a similar experience to Johnny Boston's whatsoever. I was a little disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> had no, no live animals were walking through. Let's tell that story. Let's at tell the, that at, story. At the point in time you're eating your hamburger. So, so <laughs> we let Kane pick the. Again, the AP place. will say it. I'll provide context. Go ahead. <laughs> we let Kane pick the, the place to eat the first day down in Miami. And the first place we went, what didn't come up to snuff. So we left and, and, like, hey, we we think about this. Sounds sure sounds good. We pull up, and it looked like we we're going to eat at the Cotton Eye Joe. Just kind of how you like park. The building was shaped similarly. 
We walk in. There's this guy at the bar. This is like middle of the day. I called it like the the, the restaurant version of like the, the casino in uh, Vegas vacation where they're like, you know, playing like 21 and, you know, which hand and all that stuff. And like there's a guy at the bar and there's a cat wrapped around his neck. <laughs> there's like like little dogs walking around and, and cats like walking and, around. And AP is sending me pictures of of animals walking around the restaurant. And, and, this whole and time. I am just, just riding cane at this point, at this point, I would have, I would have given him away for free. There wouldn't have been a trade for some <laughs> eggs. So, so I'm sitting there and I, it's like a little circle table and I'm furthest away from where this woman walks up. holding oh my the God. While Eric and Brent, like they, she walks up in between them and their food has just arrived. And she's holding this cat. And I was like, dude, I'm telling you, it was one of the most bizarre scenes I've ever seen in my life. I, I shut I down after that. I, I mean, I was I was playing my flag on the ground. I was defending it. I sh- I I was pissed after that. I was like, there's it was Subway and Chick Fil A the rest of the week. <laughs> there is. So we were. I mean, it was our first. It was that Monday or whatever. And we had done stuff that morning and gone to practice and all that. And it's like two o'clock, and and Austin's bitching about trying to eat, 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 eat. So I'm just like, all right, we're trying to find something. We go in there, and I'm like, oh, this is not look good. And Brent's like, oh, let's check it out. Looks good. <laughs> let's sit down. Let's eat. Brent was all about it just because of the experience. Until he saw the food. and then, Or not, not the food, but the, the animals. And then he kind of yeah. got a little queasy. Now, I'll say <laughs> food was good, all though. agree the food was good. Yeah. The food here, was good. Rob, here's the best part of that. The first building we saw, we got like three blocks away from it. AP was out. He was out before we ever saw the parking lot, before we ever saw like if there was a door there. The building, it was like an old White Castle restaurant. Yes, it was. Right? Yeah. AP was done. He had checked out of that. We're not even, we're not even here. This is not going to work. <laughs> so it was time to eat. It's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So I walked in. I asked the lady. We're the only people in there. Y'all serve lunch? She said, sure. I'm like, all right. Let's have at it. And then, you know, it was a little bit raining outside. And here come the animals two by two, you know, just making their way through the through the bar, some of some of the animals, like Max, got up on stage. I, I thought know, they were going to perform at one point, and and then and then when the lady, when that lady comes over of, there and goes, "Hey, do you do you like my cat?" And it was she right was against, she was she was high. Eric, Eric was done, and and she, the one waiter started oh. yelling at her to put the cat down. I mean, it she was, was cracked out on a, like ten different it things. Was a I'm like Lady scene. I mean, it was a total Seinfeld scene. I've been to many different dive bars. I've been to many different sketchy appearances, but that was fine up until we saw the livestock in there. And it Eric, just, uh, hey, Eric got him a bottle koozie out of it, though. I did. Yeah. When uh, when when the, when, the, when the random lady asked Eric if he liked her cat, I was out. So was I. It was not great. All right, it only went up from there. We ate we ate pretty well the rest of the week. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say that. I uh, appreciate you guys for sitting through that story and hanging out with us here on the VolQuest Mailbag Podcast. Thanks uh, so much for the questions. We'll do it again next week. It's every Thursday right here on the show or right here on the site. If you haven't already, like this video and subscribe to the channel on YouTube. Please and thank you. And don't forget, twenty nine ninety five. It's a good deal from now until kickoff. VolQuest.com subscription, twenty nine ninety five, And you can join the community over at VolQuest.com. For Brent Hubs, Max, Austin Price, Rob Lewis... And the cat at Boston Boston Johnny's, Johnny Boston's. I'm Eric Kane. Appreciate you guys and have a great rest of your Thursday, everybody. You've been listening to the VolQuest Mailbag Podcast every week right here on VolQuest.
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.